Welcome to Shingles at 40, the SA40 podcast, a show dedicated to understanding and supporting adults and parents with kids who have ADHD. I am your host, Donovan Robinson, husband, father, entrepreneur, proud Red River Métis, and yes, I have ADHD. Together, let's learn about this complex yet fascinating disorder. What's really going on up there in our heads? Welcome back to episode three, and I do apologize for taking so long to get this third one out. So much has been going on. I've had so many people reach out to me. I've connected with them, both undiagnosed and diagnosed, heard their stories. I've had people I've known for years reach out to me and tell me that they had ADHD. And now looking back, I can say, oh yeah, but, uh, but, but I didn't really know. I've been trying to learn as much as I possibly can. And it's pretty interesting how much information is actually out there and how much research has been done. Yet, it still is kind of a mystery to, to most people. And so I want to be very clear. I am not an expert. I am just trying to learn as much as I can. Not only for the benefit of myself and, and my family, but to have the ability to spread awareness, share this information with people. But it's also really fascinating and once I started to learn the biology uh, of all of this it, it it made sense all the pieces kind of fell together it wasn't about you know if you just put your mind to it you could do it it was there was a reason there was a scientific reason for why my brain and other people's brains work the way they do and for me understanding why motivational music works, why boosting your dopamine works, why smoking weed could work for some people and not for others. But really understanding how the human brain works has really helped me develop these tools and systems and ability to know how to manage ADHD symptoms. And in this episode, I definitely want to share some of that stuff. But the one thing I really want to focus on is the surprising thing that happened when I tried to learn how to raise my kids, knowing that ADHD could develop in them, given the fact that I've been diagnosed. And I have talked uh, in previous episodes about genetics and how that plays a role in ADHD. So I really started focusing on the genetics and how to raise kids with with ADHD. To be clear, I, I haven't had my kids diagnosed. They're too young. And all kids are still developing executive functions. They are still learning to regulate and manage their emotions. But a lot of the techniques and principles around this can be applied and should be applied, in my opinion, to all kids. Because that is essentially what this disorder is. Our brains haven't developed to the point where we're able to manage our executive functioning. So we don't have the ability to control things the way other people can. And the symptoms and severity can vary. We can struggle with uh, organizing materials, regulating emotions, which can lead to uncontrollable reactions like outbursts. And anyone who knows me, I've been known to have a few of those in my, in my day. But let's be honest, it was definitely more than a few. 
I know I talk about the positive outcome of being diagnosed, and I, I truly believe that diagnosis is a blessing, but I also need to be very clear. And I also have to be honest with myself that this is a full-blown disability. The impairment has to be severe enough, but it, it does qualify. And in many cases, it's mild or moderate, and people can live a, quote, normal life. So for some people, symptoms could be present, but they're not that bad. So when someone says, I think I have a little bit of ADHD, that's a possibility. And going undiagnosed for many years can just worsen those symptoms. And this is why COVID really created this perfect storm and a influx of people getting diagnosed. And that's because... Your environment, your surroundings, what is going on around you makes a massive impact on this disorder. And for the majority of us, we've never experienced something like this. Along with all of the other things that are going on, we're bombarded with stuff. So in the right environment, people are okay. They thrive, even if they have ADHD. But in the wrong environment, managing ADHD symptoms just becomes impossible. And if for the majority of your life it wasn't really a problem, and then now all of a sudden everything just seems like, what the fuck is going on? And maybe these things happened to you in the past, but it, it was not as often. But think about the environment or the situation you were in when those things happened, and then your life as a whole. For me, this stuff happened quite often, and I really didn't know why. And looking back on the times that ADHD was present and the environment or situations I, I was in really just connected all the dots for me. The part about genetics was really the catalyst for me really wanting to learn about this because if I have it and my kids could get it, I was concerned. I really didn't want them to have to go through a lot of the challenges that I did as a kid and, and then as an adult. So the more I learned about how you could, quote, inherit ADHD, I really learned that you don't get ADHD from your parents. You inherit their genetic traits, huh. which then could lead to you having ADHD or, or ADHD symptoms presenting themselves. And just inheriting genetic traits are not the only thing that could lead to someone having ADHD child could be born prematurely, low birth weight, epilepsy, brain damage. There are other factors. And even if you inherit these genetic traits, it still doesn't mean 100% that you will have ADHD. Statistically, it's pretty high. And this is where environmental factors could play a big role. So the genetic part gets really scientific, and I, I don't want to go that deep in, into that part. But what I'd like to touch on is hypersensitivity. And so this is an attribute very common in people with ADHD. And that in itself is not a disorder. It was an attribute for us to evolve as humans. Huh? Symptoms of hypersensitivity include being highly sensitive to physical and emotional stimuli. So physical, sound, sight, touch, smell, but emotional. You get overwhelmed, overstimulated very easily. 
there's kids that cry a lot. They're hypersensitive. And this one, these are these. This is why I get so excited when I read things and and learn things because I relate a lot of it to either my life or my kids or people I know. But highly sensitive people are more likely to suffer from asthma, eczema, and allergies. Both my kids had really bad eczema. They still have eczema. We we're treating it, so it's not as bad. But they have dairy allergies. Peanut, all the big ones. Yeah, grocery shopping is is real fun in our household. And I have my nice long list of sensitivity issues, including allergies. So your sensitivity to things vary, and they vary in individuals. Take a peanut allergy, for example. Some people have a mild allergy. Some people could die. So this is not dissimilar to emotional reaction. So people with ADHD have higher levels of sensitivities, both physical and emotional. And this contributes to difficulty coping with emotions. For some of us, it's emotional outbursts, tantrums, both kids and adults. Some people can manage it, others cannot. But take two different people who are pretty close on the spectrum, put one in an environment where hypersensitivity is not affected, put that other person in an environment with chaos and yelling and everything that will affect a hypersensitive person, and you're going to get two outcomes. Take people like Michael Phelps or Justin Timberlake. And I don't know behind the scenes what goes on, but from my perspective, They've done really well for themselves, and guess what? They both have ADHD. So this is why I strongly believe, based on science, and again, there's still a lot of unknowns, and they're still studying a lot of this stuff, but also based on just observing my kids. I am not lying when I say that being diagnosed with ADHD has not only completely changed my life, but it feels like somebody has just given me this gift. And it's not all of the answers, but it's like a roadmap. But like any map, if it's in your back pocket and you don't use it, it's useless. And so I opened up that map and I started this journey. And who doesn't like a good treasure hunt? Will it lead me to the meaning of life? Probably not, but whatever it is, it's pretty exciting. But the goal isn't to find what's at the end of this map or where this map takes me. It's all of the things I learn and discover while following this map. This map has so many different routes and it doesn't really matter which one I take because I'm gonna discover something whichever way I go. I hope it leads me to another map. One of those paths that I started to take was how to raise my kids, how to, what, what parenting techniques should I use to help not necessarily avoid, but to prevent ADHD from being present in, in my kid. But as I started to adopt some of these techniques, something really cool happened. Something I I didn't expect. I didn't just learn to parent 
my kids this way, but I also learned to parent myself, but in turn created this massive shift in how I perceive the world and just everything. Because I was trying to help my kids manage, manage their emotions, I, I really went back to square one. I realized that my reactions and the way my brain works is essentially childlike in, in some cases. And so I began to be more empathetic to my kids, more patient with my kids. I'm still working on being more patient with adults, but I also know that my environment is going to affect my reactions. And I'm just going to share my experience. You can choose to parent the way you want to parent. And even if you choose to try some of these things out, I can't guarantee that you will see the same benefits and effects that I have. For me, it has made me closer to my, my kids. But the really cool thing is I feel like I'm more present. Prior to being diagnosed and, and even sometime after, my life never felt like I was living in the present. Monday morning would come. I couldn't wait for the workday to end. The workday would end. I couldn't wait to get to bed so I could start the next day. And this happened throughout the week. And wait to get to the weekend. Weekend came. I couldn't wait to get back, get back to Monday because I wanted the, my workday to start again because I wanted some sort of structure or routine. And this extended into... You know, once I get this thing or once I, you know, this happens, then then I'll be happier. Then I'll be satisfied. And that was never the case. Even if some I did achieve some of those things, it was always, okay, now what's next? And I'm not saying don't have goals and don't strive for things, but that stuff doesn't exist. And so being present for me with my kids was just being in the same room being around them but really being present and just observing them and just them knowing that I'm there and no matter what they do I love them unconditionally no matter what if they're, if they're having tantrums or I yell at them or they're not quote behaving they know that they're loved no matter what they do and what that does is it instills this confidence in them. I'm not saying my kids don't throw tantrums and they don't do things that I don't like. That stuff still happens. But how I react to those things is completely different. My kids, and I would boldly go as far as saying all kids aren't bad and they don't their intention isn't to be bad. They're reacting to their environment. They don't know how to manage their emotions. Some don't even know what emotions are. My son will say, I hate you. You're not my dad. And five minutes later, he's cuddling up to me. And I'm not going to lie. That stuff is like a dagger to the heart. But I just have to remind myself that this is a a reaction to a feeling that he had that he really didn't know how to express. And I was taking his reactions or his emotions personally. And that would cause me to have feelings and react negatively as well. 
And so this was a cycle over and over. And sometimes when I'm in these moments, my kids are throwing tantrums or they're, they're saying these things and I'm trying to be calm and not get angry. And it feels like, is this the right thing to do? But let's take scenario, you've had a long day. Your kids probably had a long day. You need to get dinner ready or whatever it is. There's a lot of stuff going on and your kids asking for something and just a minute, wait. And this just goes on and, and goes on and you can feel something inside of you and something just happens where you snap, your kid starts crying and it's mayhem. When the dust settles, your kid feels like he did something or she did something wrong. You feel really bad. And then you kind of go on with the rest of the day, kind of forgetting about that moment. Now, these things happen every day, multiple times a day, potentially. For somebody who is hypersensitive and their brain is still developing, this is trauma. And this happens over and over. And the stress of not knowing what's happening inside of them, those moments feeling like life or death, even if they're just asking for something and, and you yelled at them, you know, in your mind, it, it's not that big a deal. But to them, it's a massive deal. And this is where the mind is such a crazy thing. And knowledge gives you this power. So knowing what's going inside, on inside your kid's head and what's going on inside of you really helps me manage my emotions yeah I'm sometimes really frustrated but even that seems to be less and less I can handle situations a little bit better but then there's days when I'm stressed and I need to get something done and everything's just going on in my head and and yeah I'm not perfect and, and these things do happen but what I do immediately is tell my son or my daughter that it wasn't their fault that was my fault I'm sorry and this is where you know my son will say if you uh, listen to my other episodes dad you lost your cool or dad you're losing your cool and because some of these moments I really am not I'm not present and I don't realize what's going on it snaps me out of it but making sure my kid knows that that was a mistake on my part. That was an emotion that that was a reaction to. Yes, I was frustrated with what you were doing, but my reaction was not right. And I still have difficulty bringing these techniques into the adult world. And a lot of it is because I really don't know what the other person is thinking, or I even haven't had a conversation with them. And all these things go through my head and this frustration gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So my frustration spot gets bigger and bigger and I'm not able to handle my emotions and sometimes my reactions are out of my control. But that's where I don't know what they're thinking. I don't, I feel like this person is doing something to harm me or my kids or whatever it might be and I get angry. But as soon as I learn or, or take some time away, things are better. But I mean, for the most part, anyways.
in the mornings, I would get up, make my kids lunch for school and their breakfast. Okay, I got that done. Now I'll go to work and start working. Kids would get up, they'd play. And I thought, I was a good parent. I'm doing, I'm making their lunch and their breakfast. I'm providing for them. But my kids would be like, come draw, come do this, come do this. And yeah, you know what? I just got to get this thing done. I need to do this. And I would would make excuses uh, every time because I really thought that I, I needed to do these things. I thought this thing was due at, at, at the, in the morning and I had to get it done. And that was, there's no options. But I get up fairly early and I'll make my kids breakfast and their lunch, get that ready. I'll work until they get up. So sometimes I get up a little later and I don't have that gap of time for me to go to work. But as soon as they get up, most days, there's a couple days that that doesn't happen. But for the most part, I will draw with my son or dance with my daughter. And I was doing it for them, for sure. But that is something that I just look forward to now. I used to love to draw and I stopped doing it at some point in my life and now I'm doing it again and I share these things on on my personal Instagram page but me and my son and daughter will draw in the morning and we do these collab drawings and I'm in the moment I'm present I'm with them we're laughing we're doing really fun things and I really understand that that stuff not just for my kids, but for myself, is the most important thing I need to do every day. Most of us don't actually have a lot of time with our kids. We think we do, but we get up, they go to school, they come home, they go to bed. There's maybe a couple hours that you get to spend with them, if that. And if you're going to spend those couple hours on your phone or working, you're missing out on that really cool stuff that happens. Not just for them, but for you. You become friends. I feel like I've really gotten to know my kids. And I feel like they're getting to know me. But this stuff is essential for their development. It's essential. Because when we're in the same room and I'm focused on them and my attention is on them, they don't need assurance. They don't need to ask if I love them. They won't grow up needing to look for other people's approvals. And me and my wife, we try to do this together, and we're both very busy people. And so we try as hard as we can to take turns and do these things. And as much as we can, we try to do it together. But not just for our kids. Like I, I want to do stuff with her too. I, I love my wife. She's awesome. If you know her, you know she's awesome. If you don't, I'm telling you, she's awesome. She's had to put up with a lot of shit. She stuck by me through a lot of things, and I owe her a debt of gratitude. And if she's listening to this, I know she probably might not believe that sometimes because I, I can be difficult, and these things that I'm practicing with my kids, I don't necessarily practice them in the adult world. And if there's anyone that, besides my kids, deserves for me to be present, to be patient with them, to know that no matter what, I 
unconditionally love them, it's my wife. If I expect my kids to be able to manage their emotions, I need to lead by example. And what I do with them is one thing, how I treat other people or the way I am around other people is just as important because if they see me treating people a certain way, they're going to think that's okay. So having ADHD is not an excuse to be an asshole. Being open and honest with people about your disorder and also knowing about your disorder can definitely help. I have lived with this disorder my entire life. For the majority of it, I had no clue that I had this disorder. And I have to learn to live with a disability. And just like any disability, whether mental or physical, you have to adapt. So working towards being kinder, more patient, being present, learning more about the brain, sharing, even this, talking about it, is, is helping. It's allowing me to release all these things that are in my head that I just want to get out. So whether anyone listens to this or not, it's, it's doing something very positive for me. And that can just lead to more positive things in this world. It's given me a sense of purpose. And I feel like I'm almost reliving my life again, reliving my childhood to, to now, and almost getting a second chance at life. I believe I had to go through all of those things so I can understand what's going on in other people's heads, my kids' heads. I can lead with empathy and compassion. I most likely wouldn't have done this podcast prior because I would have worried about what this person would say or what this person was thinking. Am I going to say something that's wrong and and it's, it's going to go terribly bad? Am I going to hurt someone's feelings? Am I not educated in this enough? But do I think this is the right thing to do? Do I think I'm doing something my kids are going to be proud of? Do I feel like I'm going to change people's lives? Do I feel like my life is going to change for the better? Absolutely. And I have proof. It has. So I've rambled on enough, but I want to leave you with a few things. I know it's really hard to change what you've been taught your entire life. In the moment, parenting is the only way that I knew how to do it. It's how my parents did it, probably how their parents did it. It's how almost every other parent I know does it. I think the challenge with this is that your kids are going to do those things that you don't like or that could be harmful. And yes, you need to step in when, when that's going to happen. But you really have to ask yourself when things are happening, is it that big of a deal? Am I allowing my emotions to take over my thoughts? And for people with ADHD, it is a lot more difficult. Am I able to handle this in this moment or am I too stressed? Have I had a long day? Do I need to remove myself from this situation? Ask yourself, what are the long-term objectives versus the immediate solutions? For me, it's 
It's development of self-regulation. When you go through your entire life not being able to self-regulate, it can affect your entire life. Relationships, jobs, substance abuse, that feeling of being on a hamster wheel. You mask your entire life. If you have ADHD, you can relate. When you're in one situation with a group of people, you're like them. When you're in a different situation with another group of people, you're like them. When you get into a a group of people that probably have ADHD, those masks come off and you just, you have a lot of fun. And it's chaotic to say the least. But there's something really magical that happens. And for, for those of you who don't know me, I am a partner in a live music venue and I have a couple partners there and I've always really had this affinity for them. We, for the most part, would be at each other's throats, but then we would be best friends. And this happened over and over and over again. And once I started to learn more about this disorder and it's kind of one of those things you can't unsee anymore. I can pretty much identify anyone I know who most likely has it. I've had conversations with people who were, oh, wow, I I think I have this and then been diagnosed and, yep. But the signs are there. They're very apparent. And when you, you know that this exists and you understand the disorder, it can make how you react to situations or even the empathy that you have towards people who maybe got on your nerves or you would you would be at each other's throats you understand what's going on in their head because it's also happening to you and now for me when i'm with these people it's just fun to watch i almost feel like i'm uh, at a movie or watching a tv show but as crazy as these people are I also see how empathetic they are, how caring they are, how creative they are, and how intelligent they are. These are the people that change the world. These are the people that are so far one way and so far the other way that people look at the negatives and and focus on that stuff, but kind of miss all of these amazing things that they do. I embrace it. I try not to push the things that necessarily need to get done as hard as I I would or try to focus on those things and what actually is important versus not important. And these are the people, myself included, that have difficulty doing the things that you need to do to be an adult. And so maybe you do get overlooked. You lose jobs. You're labeled insane or crazy, hard to handle, tough to be around. I've definitely been labeled that many times. But more often than not, we are the people that prioritize passion over profit, empathy over self-gain. We take risks, we're creative. We are musicians, doctors, scientists, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, Grandpas and grandmas, Lolas and Lulas, Olympic athletes, professional athletes, high school soccer coaches, 
We are essential for humanity. We have strong, strong genetics. We just need to be in the right environment. Well, that's it for me. I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and, and you continue to listen. Follow me on my Instagram at shingles at 40 as well as TikTok and Twitter. And check out my website, sa40podcast.com. I got a ton of resources for parents with ADHD, for adults with ADHD, and just anyone who wants to learn about this disorder. Check it out. There's some fun stuff, playlists, and, and uh, stuff like that. I'm your host, Donovan Robinson, reminding you to be kind to yourself.